1: How's it going, Knicks fans? Welcome to another episode of Cap Rules Everything Around Me. Cream, get the money, dollar dollar bills, y'all. My name is Jeremy Cohen, and I'm very excited because we are, as of tomorrow, two weeks away. Two weeks from the trade deadline where I'm expecting chaos, to be quite honest. Hopefully it lives up to the hype that I'm providing. But there are a lot of teams that have players available. and. Uh, There's a lot of buyers, but there's so many sellers that it makes me wonder just how it all plays out. Uh, So really fascinating. Excited for the show. Excited for all the questions and hypotheticals that you guys have. So uh, usually I start with one big thing. I'm going to start with two one big things. right. Uh, The first one is a shameless self-promotion. And that would be that we are adding to our merch store. So we're doing a lot of different things, got some cool stuff planned out, and I'm collaborating with XJ. You know him from uh, the Casuals on Casual Fridays. He's fantastic. He's a great designer. And we've got the first thing that's hot and ready for you all. And figure why not drop cream merchandise on the cream podcast? So we got a really cool design uh, and just gonna supply it with the link. And, uh, yeah, listen, it's, it w- you're laughing. What's up? No, it's my bad. I,
0: really, I thought we were doing this at the end. Oh no, event. I'm sorry. I, this, is, this is what
1: happens when we don't coordinate. You're but good. That's right. Cause Andrew is still going to provide it in whatever description or comments or anything. Um, so For now
2: yeah. we'll put it in the description link, um, in the comments. So you guys, it'll be pinned if you want to jump to it. I'm working
1: on getting the, um, website up so you guys can see, like on the screen, what it looks like. So just give me a couple seconds. Um, In fact,
3: I think we can do this
1: now. Perfect. So for whatever it's worth, this was inspired by another Wu-Tang design. And we basically tried to make it as KFS-affiliated as possible without it infringing upon said design. And I'm I'm thrilled with how it came out. looks really cool. There is actually a discount. whatever it's worth right now great promotion listen valentine's day it's right around the corner it's right after the trade deadline so nothing says i love you to your significant other like giving them the gift of cream so if you want to provide cream to your significant other something to consider Uh, i wouldn't necessarily recommend yeah no that yes it's yes look was on purpose thank you andrew uh that's great wonderful so that was the one big thing um Huge shout out to XJ for the awesome design and for more to come, which we will happily provide. So that's out of the picture. Some nice house cleaning. So on to the next big thing. Um, essentially, I've been thinking about so let's let's rehash what we've talked about before, right? So one of the things I've mentioned is the the moves that the Knicks are interested in making based on credible reports is that they want to be a cap space team in 2024. We've talked about that. I've mentioned how if there's one player that might upset the apple cart, that is trying to get cap space in 2024, and they could still do it, mind you, they could still find a way to do it. But um, OG and could be someone who basically just impacts that a little bit. Um, So the other thing I wanted to talk about was, well, what happens if the Knicks got a free agent this year, right? Like let's say they traded for a player who's a 2023 free agent. And this was something I was I was talking with a Twitter user Zach. He brought this up, and I thought it was really great, and I wanted to incorporate it. There is a way for the Knicks to acquire 2023 free agent and extend them to a one-year deal, and it wouldn't necessarily come with a big trade restriction, and they could still find a way to to move that contract relatively easily. So for example, what the Pistons did with Boyan Bogdanovich. They acquired Bogdanovich. He was going to hit the market. And what happened was that he signed a he, he was extended. And that moved him to being, you know, a free agent in a future year. I want to say there's a partial guarantee in the 2024 season. And he could still be moved. Whereas for a lot of other players, they maybe have to wait until six months and the extension and all that. So One of the factors could potentially be if the Knicks found a player that they liked, extended them, it'd have to be for, you know, less than an 8% raise or no greater than really 5%. And it wouldn't be three years. You know, like it could be a year. Or I guess it'd have to be less than three years. The question, and why this is so difficult, is how many players are number one, willing to sign a one-year contract, and number two, worth extending? Because you could find someone that's just simply Average, and you could extend them, or you could not do that. <laughs> you could just sort for someone who's already on another contract. It's not like they're going to need to to work an extension. And that's the thing. It's like I don't see Kyle Kuzma as a trade target for anyone, considering the fact that Rui Hachimura is on the Lakers now. It is a clear indication, at least to me, that the Wizards want to move forward with Kuzma, and they've got Beale, who's not going anywhere unless he asks out. And you've got Kristaps Porzingis. And I think what's actually beneficial, if you're a Knicks fan, if he, if the Knicks hold on to that pick and they don't trade it and they want to have it convey, there's still a, a good chance that it conveys. It's not like the Wizards are going to be like the Hornets, potentially, or, you know, I'm trying to leave another team, but that, that basically is going to be pretty bad to the point where that pick is unlikely to convey. So, you know, like Gary Trent Jr., there's no reason for him to opt out of his contract and sign a one-year deal. But also he probably wouldn't do that ahead of time. So you're basically finding these guys who are just like probably worse than say, I don't know the Grayson Allens of the world. Um, Any of those guys that might be a 2024 free agent as is. So yeah, it's a possibility for sure. But a lot of these players would probably be more interested in guaranteed money. Like Josh Richardson, if the Knicks trade for Josh Richardson, they could give them a one-year contract. I don't love the fit for a number of reasons, but let's just use them as an example. You could do that. One-year deal. But if you're Josh Richardson, couldn't you try your luck and basically try to earn maybe a mid-level exception, two to three years, it's more guaranteed money in your pocket. It's worth it to test the market. Get other suitors. Maybe you don't want to be in New York. Maybe you were just traded there, and and all that. So a lot that goes into it. But it's a thought that I wanted to incorporate. So thank you, Zach. And if anyone else was thinking about, well, is there a way to do that? There could be. It's just there are a few players that kind of fit the Venn diagram of worth the Knicks acquiring and won't extend for multiple years. So um, it's my two one big things. And I think we could get started if we got some comments or some questions. Perfect. Kevin Danashevsky, starting us off. Thank you so much, Kevin, for the contribution. Hey, Jeremy, per my DM, can you construct a way to get RJ to Toronto for OG this season? Considering RJ's poison pill, And in my opinion, if we get OG, RJ should go. It's really funny that Kevin brings this up. And yes, Kevin did DM me. And I thought more about it later on because I thought, yeah, you know, like we've talked about if OG and an OB comes to the Knicks, how you... Do the fit because Ananobi is not going to go to the bench. You're probably not putting RJ at the bench either. It's a clunky fit if you got them there. Grimes provides a lot of what OG would give you, maybe in a, in a in a smaller guard spot. So politics and everything involved, you know, like again, I still don't love it, but it would make sense to move Grimes back. With that said, I was thinking this afternoon, well. How sure are we that if the Knicks acquired OG Ananobi, that number one, it wouldn't involve RJ Barrett. Number two, that they wouldn't, after that, try to move him. And again, it's a deeper conversation that I think should be had. It shouldn't just be me kind of talking about it. It's something that, that I'd love to talk with John about and get his thoughts too. In terms of this, so... This is where the RJ extension is actually fascinating when it comes to OG Ananobi. So essentially, the poison pill, for those of you who maybe are unfamiliar, the way it works is that it's it's convoluted in terms of the money that's outgoing and the money that's incoming, right? So basically, for one end of it, it's essentially RJ's salary this year and then The four years that he extended for that whole number, which is 107 million, taking those five years in total, averaging them, I guess, dividing those by five, and then that average is the outgoing or that that average is one of the numbers. And then the other number is, of course, the salary he has this year, which I believe is 10.9 if memory serves. So it's tricky to find a way to get that to line up with the player. Oftentimes, you need a, th- a third team to make it work. And in this case, you do, especially with OG and Anobi. However, based on how it works out, if you try to go on you know, Fanspo's trade machine, you'd see that RJ for OG, both teams have to shed just a little bit of salary. It's like a minimum salary for each. So there comes the third team. you know. Is it a team like San Antonio, which has cap space, where the Knicks are trading Sviemakai Luke, and I don't know the Raptors are trading Bo Cruz himself, Juancho Hernan Gomez, for example? Maybe it's uh, it's not a three-team deal because then you have to consider roster spots. Maybe it's a four-team deal where one of the players I just mentioned from the Knicks, let's say it's Svi, again, goes to San Antonio, and then another player, because of the minimum exception rule, if there's a team with a roster spot, they take on Hernan Gomez. So it's really fascinating to me because you can actually devise a way for it to work. And it's funny because I hadn't really put a ton of time into it, admittedly, because it's really convoluted. It's the sort of thing where I've been operating under, well, no, listen, I I wouldn't be shocked if RJ were moved considering everything that happened this offseason, but I'd be really surprised. And this is the type of trade where we can... We can debate the merits of should they do this or not. Just want to talk about from purely a financial cap standpoint. It's really close. You really don't need that much to get there. And if you're a team like San Antonio, you're well below the salary cap floor. Regardless, you could help get there by taking on one of those salaries. Um, you're not going to get there, but you're closer. Maybe it's Indiana. You know, they've, they're also under the the cap or floor by a significant amount. Case in point. Love this question, Kevin. Cause it is possible and it's really not that hard to make it work. If for other players. Yeah, probably. But for this one, no, it, it so I'm, I'm fascinated by that and very curious about it. And and the one thing I want to say, listen, you know, again, with the whole OG and OB conversation report out there, team was asking, team was offering three first round picks KFS's own Chris Persianen He has heard as such. He had reported that even earlier um, and it finally caught on. It's great. I think the main factor here is it reminds me a little bit of the Donovan Mitchell trade. And again, I'm not saying that this will or won't happen. It's more just from a negotiating standpoint. If this is, in fact, the Knicks who are offering three protected first round picks, it just reminds me of that whole conversation was like, no, 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 RJ Barrett's not on the table. And then suddenly R.J. Barrett is on the table. And we as fans are like, well, no, that that's clearly it's negotiating tactic, right? Like it's not, it's a ploy. And then lo and behold, there's a legitimate offer that involves R.J. Barrett. So to me, I'm just, I'm just wondering, is it the sort of thing where the Knicks said, hey, Toronto, this is our offer? And essentially tried to lowball them, which is fine. You know, it's, they should, they shouldn't start from a place that's higher up and the Raptors have every right to start from a place that's asking for a haul. But I'm just very curious if the Knicks then say, okay, listen, this this is the offer. This is what we're going to give. And it just depends on if a team like Memphis or New Orleans can top that. So uh, that's the RJ OG trade. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate you bringing that up. Jason M. Nick should trade Obi now while he still has value. They don't want to end up like the Wizards and get a Rui Hachimura type return next season. Thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree. It's why why I felt the need to talk about Obi with one of the trade primers. Because I, I, I don't see a world where Obi Toppin is entering a contract year, his fourth year in the NBA, where he's still behind Julius Randle. I don't see Julius Randle moving right now unless it's for someone that's better than Julius Randle is currently. And if you're the Knicks, you probably feel well we can probably replace Obi Toppin's what? 11 14 minutes per game with someone else who isn't going to be deserving of a contract, right? Maybe it's um maybe they sign a player to a one year deal with the mid-level exception. Maybe they trade for someone who can you know, essentially be and just filling in for a limited amount of time, like conversation, with Robert Covington, he's, he's not been good this year and he's barely played. Does he have enough in the tank where it's give him 12 minutes a game, get a little bit more switching in there. Maybe it's the draft pick. Maybe the Knicks take someone who can handle minutes at the four and plays 12 minutes. I don't really know. But what I do know is that if Obi is not going to be here long-term, and I think you can find a way to potentially mitigate, even in season, what he's able to give you in that short time. I'm not saying that the player you're getting is going to be better than what Obi Toppin is right now, but you can at least replicate some of the production in a way where if you're upgrading elsewhere, you're maybe okay with the drop off. And I, I agree, but it feels like a chicken and the egg situation because Obi has, I mean, the last two games, he's, he's, it's like, he's been shot out of a cannon And yet he doesn't necessarily get the opportunity to do it more. And and I'm not even necessarily blaming, right? Like I'm, I can't lay fault for last night, for example, where Julius Randall just looks that good. Um, Is it safe to wonder like, what if Obi played another minute or two? I think so, but it didn't happen. And despite Randall coming in and not having his finer moments right away, he did did a pretty great job last night and, and was okay after that. So I'm with you Jason would love for all the young players to be here but to me the one player who kind of sticks out like a sore thumb just based on the player in front of him and the contract situation is Obi Toppin and I just I would rather move him sooner than later and also for his sake I want him to to blossom it's harder for him to do that when he's stuck behind a player and he's having good minutes and the player ahead of him is still playing well and he just can't get a shot so Completely with you, Jason. Agreed. Pastor Claudio's obehive. Hive. What team would slash could offer a first for Randall? You know, like we've talked about in the past different teams that are just interested in, in Julius. Uh, we'll see how the All-Star voting shakes out. But if Julius is named the All-Star team, we're looking at a player who has made the All-Star team in two out of three years. I think that's important. It's, that's, some, that's something to to inspire other teams at the very least. What's fascinating about teams this year, there really aren't a ton of teams that can offer first round picks. And I think that's going to be a major storyline going into this deadline where there are teams that can offer future picks. But if you look at this year, like the Celtics, they can't trade this year's pick nuggets. They can't either Grizzlies can not necessarily their style. I don't see why Randall would fit in there with Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, even with Steven Adams going down for a bit, I don't. I just don't see the fit. Uh, the Sixers can't do it. The Bucs can't. I mean, the Nets can't because next year's pick is going to the Rockets. Cavs can't. The Kings can't because of the fact that next year's pick is going to Atlanta. Uh, I don't think the Heat can because I'm pretty sure their pick in 2023 is the one that's going out. Pelicans, they can. Yep. Uh, the Clippers cannot the Suns can the Mavs can't trade a 2023 first because the Knicks own it the Jazz can but I don't see why they would Um, Hawks could even with the DeJounte Murray trade they could still find a way to do it Um, for this year's pick I mean you keep going down the list but there aren't a ton of fits unless it's more of a three-team deal and again I don't see why that benefits the Knicks right like having picks isn't actually the issue. The issue is winning and staying consistent. And it's really hard to find someone who can give you the the level of production that Randall is giving the Knicks and swapping them out for someone that's not going to give them that and prioritizing future assets. So I think it's an important point to consider for Randall where like, I'm sure that, you know, there was reported today that um, Matt Ishbia who is taking over for Um, Robert Sarver with the Suns that the deal is expected to be completed before February 9th, which would mean that the Suns can do whatever beforehand Sarver would have to approve every single acquisition over $10 million. Now doesn't have to do that, assuming the, the purchase goes through on time. It's like, yeah, of course the Suns could do it and they could send matching salary. It's just, is it salary the Knicks want? If it's not, is there a third team that can dance with them? And if there is, are they sending back someone who can help the Knicks win games? Because we've seen this Knicks team for now, what is the third year under this administration? Every single year, they have not been comfortable with taking a step back. They've wanted to move forward. So uh, yeah, could 100%. Would? There are some. I just don't see the Knicks doing it. But I appreciate the, the uh, question, Pastor Claudio Zobie Hives. Thank you. Junan, thank you so much for the contribution. Salute for Mexico, fellas. Can we talk about the Mavs pick and continuous soup? Any chance they might need it slash us to go get Lucas some help? Also, Obi, did Rui set a market if we're going to move him? uh I'll talk about the Obi thing first, just because we just uh, discussed it. it. It's I struggle to know where Obi's value truly lies, just based on the role. It's interesting to me because Benji asked, you know if this trade were done a year ago with Hachimura, would he have gone for a first? I said, no, based on the fact that, you know, Hachimura missed 40 games due to personal reasons. And it wasn't so much as talent per se. Um, it just, it was not the best timing. But with that said, with Obi, you know, like I understand the kind of like the hidden stuff that's not there. And what I mean by that is it's like, if you like he could do a lot, right? He, he can do so much more than what he's being tasked with. And so him not showing his full arsenal, I feel like impacts his trade value based on the fact that other teams see him as, you know, what he's doing right now. Um, Mostly playing off ball. He's, you know, he's still cutting a bit, but it's not quite who Obi is as a player. I think he can blossom in another environment. It's just not here. And other teams are probably going to try to pull a fast one on the Knicks saying in the same way that they would have done with Emmanuel quickly and quickly broke out. And now indications are that he's off the table. And I certainly hope it stays that way with Obi, it's, it's trickier, you know, like again, he could play small ball five, but it also depends on the players that he's playing with. Um, like if he has someone that can better compensate what his rebounding deficiencies might be like, why can't he, um, Whereas with Randall and Obi, I understand why Tibbs does it. I'd still like to see it more. I, I still, I go back and forth on whether or not I want them to do it more or not. Uh, probably doesn't, maybe it doesn't matter in a couple of weeks, but that's, uh, you know, in terms of Obi, I feel like that's covered um, in terms of the Mavs uh, pick and continuous soup. Yeah. So the Mavs pick in terms of continuous soup could be, yeah, the Knicks draft a player, that player then gets extended later, you know, whatever it is, you have extra salary if you need to make a trade work, all that, great. Love it. Agreed. The question I have though is if the Knicks want to be a cap space team, does having two picks hurt them? Like it, it because that's going to cut into their salary a bit, their cap space. So is that going to be a factor? Another example of what continuous soup could be is something that. I would also be in favor of, which is if the Knicks used one of their two picks, assuming they have two picks in this upcoming draft and don't trade any of them, where one of those picks is used as a draft and stash. And the beauty of that is it doesn't count on the books. You can keep delaying it. And then you can either use it as a trade asset where it's not continuous soup, or you can do something else, which is uh, you bring them into the fold, or rather you, you trade them... I just say. It's been a long day. You either trade them when they're on the roster and they count as a salary, or you don't trade them uh, when they're on the roster. And instead, you just trade them as a draft and stash. Similar to like how um, who was it? Bogdan Bogdanovich. He was included in a Suns-Kings trade way back when. He wasn't on a roster. He was The draft rights were owned by the Suns and they moved him to the Kings without having to use matching salary. They just had the rights to him. That's what I'd like to see, but we got so much time between now and the draft that that opinion is very possible to change. So, uh, but thank you, Junan, for the contribution and the great questions. Dean Bichelle, Dean, how's it going in Australia? Love the merch. Thank you very much. Keen to hear your thoughts on Boyan Bogdanovich. I see they want a first, but I feel it would be a great fit with our second unit. Yeah, I, yes, I think he would be for sure. I still wonder, with that added year, he, the final year of his deal in 2025 is partial guarantee. I want to say it's 2 million, somewhere around that. Um, but he's 33. And like, this is where I go back and forth where it's like, if they want to be a cap space team in 2024, I get Eric Gordon. I even understand one of the worst first being for Eric Gordon. Like I, I wouldn't love it necessarily. I want him as a player. It all depends on the market. I think they might be able to get away with it. I, but I don't really know. Bogdanovich is different because of that guarantee. Because it cuts in to what they want to do. And you probably can't move him with relative ease that close to it. You could stretch the money, but it's still cutting into cap space. And it's funny because it's like, you know, I'm sure to, to a lot of you listening, it's like, that's just a future problem. They don't have to worry about that. Unfortunately, they do. Every, they have to anticipate moves Years ahead of time, two, three years ahead of time when they're operating now, which is what makes everything feel so fun, but also chaotic. I think Bogdanovich would make sense here Um, as a player. The skill set he offers, I think it'd be great. It's just the price tag and the opportunity cost that it might impact the Knicks. I don't really know. I mean, you have to think about the salaries going out and what that would be. Fournier makes it work. Do they want another year of Fournier's salary? Maybe. It's not like they're going to be a um a, a real free agent destination. But then again, I don't know. Draymond Green opts out. Wants a big contract. Is that something that, that the Pistons are comfortable with? Doubt it, but I have really no clue. So you could do a three-team deal. I, I, just, I think that Bogdanovich works for a different team. I think that's the main island of living on right now where he's a very good player could certainly benefit the Knicks. I think the Pistons are going to ask for a lot and they should, there's no reason to move him. They're losing games with or without him. Maybe they actually want to be a competent team next year. When Kate Cunningham comes back, maybe they have Victor one or a top prospect who's ready to flourish. I don't know. Um, they've every right to have a high asking price. I don't think they'll come off of it too much, even with the market as saturated as as it is. Not not towards the top of my list when you incorporate the other aspects, but purely from a player, agree, Dean. He's he's one of the better ones you could certainly get in this deadline. So thank you, Dirty Dancer. Do you see the Knicks using part of the mid level to get more years on Rokas this off season, given the mediocre play of Deuce? Uh, first and foremost, I I think the Knicks are going to be committed to Deuce next year. I know it's early, and we'll see his cap hold will come into play but we can cross that bridge in a few months it's like it's something I think about but it's so much lower on the totem pole that I'm like eh, that's that's future Jeremy's issue in terms of the Rokas comes down to cap space once again like um, it's also a question of how much they would need to give him I mean second round picks don't actually make a ton of money they mostly make the minimum so if you're the Knicks I mean can you find a way to do it I I really don't have a great sense as to what Rokas's salary situation is. The reason for that is there aren't a ton of comparable players who are playing like him, second-round picks. Um, The list isn't that long. Like Miritich was a first-round pick, so he had a rookie scale. Um, It was decided for him when he came to the NBA by rule. Trying to think of other players. it's just tough. I don't really know where, where he stands. Like Vildoza got some money, but like more than the, the minimum. But a big reason for that was it helped the Knicks hit the salary floor. So I don't think that's a fair comp either. So I'm I'm just as curious as you are, Dirty Dancer, in terms of what the salary situation would be. My guess is it wouldn't be the MLE, uh, but I do like the idea of the more years for those who maybe are unfamiliar. If the Knicks signed Rokas Yakabitis with the MLE, they could offer four years. With the tax MLE, it could be three. With the biannual, it's two. With the room exception, it's two. You get the room exception if you are a cap space team. You get the the first three I mentioned with the non-tax pyramid level, the tax pyramid level, and the biannual if you are over the cap, but um There's some hard cap stuff that goes on in there. We'll we'll cross that more again in free agency, or at least leading up to it. But the Knicks could also find a way to give Rokas Jakubaitis money out of cap space. Like if they're a cap space team and he waits till 2024, they could sign him to what's essentially a minimum guaranteed deal for like what Deuce got. You know, like three years, third year could be a team option, and they do it that way. Um, Or maybe the Knicks sign him to a room exception. In 2024. And they look at it as as continuous soup, more salary if they needed to make a trade when the cap spikes, and maybe there's a player that that's of interest they can add on to that. A lot of things up in the air. I like where your head is at, though. Uh, appreciate it. Um, but yeah, that I think that's uh that's a little too future for me to conceive right this moment, but we'll come back to that. I promise you. How's Flawn? How about Nick's looking at upgrade backup point guard? Maybe a Killian Hayes trade for Obi. Uh I think if the, if you're the Knicks, I think what you're probably focused on uh, for me, I would love to see IQ have more on ball reps. I would still like to see them play Jalen Brunson a lot. I know Deuce is struggling. I don't know if that's a position you want to upgrade in season. Um, I think that it's probably better to have secondary creators like an Eric Gordon type, like a Grayson Allen, you know, play, like, someone who's not going to handle point guard duties, but can do just like a little bit more than what you're asked for. Especially if you're Eric Gordon, he's a combo guard. He's, he has, he has experience running an offense. You wouldn't want him as a point guard, but it's enough that it's beneficial. So that's the thing. It's like, I know that there's an eagerness to upgrade over deuce. I don't disagree, but I also don't think it's so important, especially because come playoff time, Rotations tend to shrink, so I mean, assuming the Knicks make the playoffs, knock on wood, it's the sort of thing where you're not going to see Deuce playing heavy minutes either. Like knowing Tom Thibodeau is he is he going to give Deuce McBride the Frank Milakina treatment of like, yeah, game's on the line, Frank, get in there, want you to defend Trey Young, cold. Like maybe that's the type of role that he has, because um, I don't. He leans on six players. I would imagine the Knicks acquire a seventh in some way. If Obi's there, then you probably have eight. If Obi's gone, you probably have someone else who gives you what you need, just even fewer minutes at a time. So uh, I think it's more just about good play during the regular season. Deuce has been struggling. I thought last night there were some moments where he looked really nice. Um, but it's not an area that I think you can, if you're the Knicks, you need to prioritize. Right now,
3: I think you need to look more, you know, the two, three spot for the backup role.
1: What's up, Knicks fans? I get extremely busy this time of the year. I'm watching basketball games, recording podcasts, and brainstorming ways to trade your favorite Knicks. So I try to save time and skip the grocery store when I can. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and protein plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36-plus quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. Eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor because each meal is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. You know that your Factor meal has all of the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan and veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, there really is no easier way to eat well. Achieve and maintain your goals this year with Factor. Get America's number one ready-to-eat Meal Kit, and start saving time, eating well, and living your best year ever. Don't hesitate. Head to factor75.com slash filmschool60 and use code filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code filmschool60 at factor75.com slash filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. JG, if you can get an Eric Gordon and someone like a Josh Richardson for guys like Cam or Evan or D Rose and some second round picks, I take a look at it. If they can, uh, they can bolster the bench for sure. I got to be honest, I don't really get the Josh Richardson love like his his outlier shooting season was nice uh, with Boston he really hasn't done a ton. His defense has not been great this year. He's not someone who creates for himself. He's very much a catch-and-shoot guy. I don't see the contract fitting, as I've mentioned. Like I, I just don't really get the appeal. I feel like he's earned this reputation as a stout defender who can shoot. And like, yeah, like he he's, he's just hasn't really lived up to that this year. And granted, I, I would need to watch more of Josh Richardson. I spent enough time watching this team that Josh Richardson just hasn't been number one on my radar. So maybe the eye test tells us a different thing, but he just doesn't seem to fit the mold of what the Knicks like and doesn't fit the contract part of it. So I just don't, I don't fully understand the love Uh, with Eric Gordon, the math, it's not impossible by any stretch. It's just, I wonder what it's going to be. You know, I don't think Fournier necessarily moves. I'd like to be wrong, but I just, his value with where he's at, it's an extra year. It feels like the sort of thing where maybe you figure it out next year or this summer. Uh, it seems by indications that the Knicks want to do right by Derek Rose. So does that mean sending him to another team and they buy him out? Rose has said there are things that are more important to him than chasing a ring. So is he going somewhere else? Uh, Maybe. Um Cam, does it seem like the Rockets want Cam Reddish? I I I, I don't think so. I mean, maybe, but again, they they've got so much young talent. I don't think they actually need Cam. I, I think I think Cam would benefit in a place that's not like, hey, we're all about losing games, we're cool with that. I think he's better off going to a place like Milwaukee, for example, somewhere that it's just like we are committed to winning. And cam gets serious, but but then again, like Tibbs is a pretty serious dude, and he didn't have a consistent role here, so I, I I don't know in that sense. I also you know, like i don't it seems like Richardson can be had for a second, not as opposed to getting something back from Gordon. the market price right now it seems is at least four second round picks, which is what the bu- the bucks offered. maybe the Rockets can get a protected first round pick of sorts, but um, definitely sending assets out for sure. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm misreading. It's it's Cam and Evan, Cam or Evan, and some second round picks. My apologies. Yes, um, but I I think if that's the sort of thing where, like, let's say it's Cam and Rose and second round and two second round picks for Eric Gordon, I, I don't think that's enough. If you're the Rockets, I think you you don't want to have to worry about Cam restrict restricted free agency. And you probably want more, but it depends on which seconds they are. If the Knicks are offering, I don't know, the Pistons second round pick next year, which could be in the early thirties. Maybe that's just a different conversation. Whenever seconds, the bucks are offering. So, um, yeah. Thank you for the question, JG. Pastor Claudio's OB hive. Once again, three team deal with Phoenix and Toronto. Uh, I guess I'm trying. I'm, Assuming this is in relation to Randall, given the question that was asked earlier by Pastor Claudio's Obi Hive, um, I mean, maybe it depends on who, what's going out. I mean, if Randall goes out, you're talking Crowder and Sharich. I think the Raptors take Sharich. They'd have to find a new home for Crowder. So is it a four-team deal? Are the Knicks getting Crowder? Are the Raptors? having the burden of now having to flip Crowder again. It's just, it's tough. Um, it's a tough one if we're involving Randall. And again, I just, I personally don't see him moving this year. We could talk about it in the off season, happy to evaluate possibilities. There may still have my doubts, but I'm happy to look at it for a lot of these players, except for probably Jalen Brunson. But yeah, I just, I just don't, I'm sorry. I just don't see it happening. And if it does, there's egg on my face and we will absolutely talk about it on the live stream or before then, whatever happens first dirty dancer. Once again, what do you think of going after Patrick Williams? Does he have Laurie marking an upside? Man, it feels like every bull that leaves Chicago has some sort of upside that just wasn't tapped into. I'm not, I'm not of the mind that the Knicks should try to, Buy low on a player that's like Patrick Williams. It's not like because the Cam Reddish experience didn't work out, I don't want any others. It's just that I don't know how a player like Patrick Williams helps. uh And what I mean by that is, if he's not playing well, then he's probably not playing. And if he's not playing, we're in the same situation as we were before, and it's another protected first, most likely that is dealt. Um, it just wouldn't be something of major interest. Like I, I like the idea of it. I just think it'd better benefit another team that has the flexibility and, a, and far less pressure to turn Patrick Williams into something else. Because with Chicago, there's a ton of pressure. I mean, they're all in on this team, and it's not a great team. It's not even a good team. It's just it's a very mediocre team. And uh, I just I think he'd thrive in another environment. I just don't. Think it'd be here in New York. So uh, I like the idea. I just don't think it would be with the Knicks. Eric Fernandez, when does LaMelo ask out? Uh, Well, probably not for a bit. For starters, he's going to sign a five year max. I'm guessing that the Hornets are going to say to him the fifth year is non negotiable, it is not a player option. We have you fully under contract. LML takes it because you know, he's gotten hurt. hes uh, I've looked at it and there is a way where the math could work where he's probably making around the same amount of money. If he were to take the qualifying offer, get traded and sign a max deal elsewhere um, versus just signing a five-year max. But a reason that he'll probably sign the five-year max is in the event that he stays with the Hornets he's then eligible for the Supermax. Should that still be in the CBA years from now? It just makes a lot more sense for him to do that. And then if you look at it, where players who have max contracts who have asked out terms of the years, it's typically one, maybe two years. Um, The rare situation, of course, with uh, Ben Simmons, I think that was four years remaining three or four years and then donovan mitchell who uh was traded with three years again the narrative is that he did not ask out a little skeptical but whatever um the sort of thing so uh let's see is in his third year donovan mitchell was traded in his after sixth year i want to say yeah sixth year i think um fifth year whatever You get the point. I I think he'll wait until he's got around two years left on his contract for the earliest he would ask out. But um, yeah, we'll see about that one. Next, Kenneth Benton. What impact would the hiring of Bob Myers do for us in free agency? Well, here's the thing that I'm very curious about. Yeah, the article, obviously, uh, Kenneth's talking about the article that came out today. Which is that Bob Myers, you know, not the highest, not the top three highest paid executive. And yet he's been arguably the best one over the last 10, 12 years, however long he's been there for. I think it's been about 12, 13 years Uh, or maybe 10. Regardless, it's the thought is, will he leave? I don't I don't think he will. Uh, The whole thing was also if he does leave, he's got his roots are in L.A., played for UCLA. Um, Ballmer could look to get something, shake something up, depending on what that is. What it does for free agents if he comes to the Knicks? Well, first and foremost, you have to think that if Bob Myers comes here, the entire plan changes. And what I mean by that is, Bob Myers probably has his own interests, things that work. Maybe a lot of the players on the roster don't fit with what he wants. Maybe some of them do, but every President of basketball operation, GM, whatever, comes in and they make changes because they put their stamp on it. And if you're a free agent and Bob Myers is there, maybe you're wondering, well, what's the overall plan? Maybe I want to see it in action. It's hard to get someone in the building, build something cohesive, and attract that talent. So um again, I don't I don't think it'll transpire where he comes to the Knicks. I think a lot would have to go wrong in order for that to happen. So hopefully he doesn't come here because that would be in the Knicks or at the very least treading water, if not winning. So yeah, let's, uh, but it would, it would, it would impact everything because they're looking for different types of players. They've got these assets, which I'm sure they'd like, but the blueprint just probably gets drawn over very differently. Jessica Fernandez, thank you so much for the super chat, Jessica. Top three New York trades you'd expect most to least likely. Oh, this is tough. All right. Um I'm gonna say this knowing I will probably be wrong in 15 days, but that's a-okay. So uh most to least likely. All right. Most likely. I still Again, it's it's not because I keep it's not because I wanna manifest it. I just there's something about Ananobi and RJ and everything that happened this summer and uh, and as Kevin pointed out earlier, asking how the math works. Like I can't put that as most likely. I just can't do it. So I'm gonna, as it's top of mind, I'm just gonna I'm gonna slot it to the middle one, right? Feel maybe a little bit more comfortable with that. Uh, most likely. I'm gonna say Cam Reddish. I think that's low hanging fruit for sure. Um, and again, like if Forney is not moving, if Rose isn't moving, Rose's salary could actually be better used on draft night if they want to guarantee it and use that salary to bring someone else in. Uh, so that's why there's no rush to move Rose. He's happy. Well, I don't know if he's happy, but uh, it doesn't seem like he's causing a fuss. So I'll say, I'll say a Cam trade in some capacity. Let's let's say it's Grayson Allen. I think that helps the Knicks better than a trade I'd prefer, which is like taking on a Rudy Gay type contract, get more seconds. I'd rather see the Knicks use cam to get more future assets, but I'm also really okay with them getting someone who can sort of win now. So I'll go, I'll go cam for Grayson Allen, RJ for OG No, no, I still can't do it. I'm still going to put that as third. I I know I said middle, but I'm going to put it as third. And then middle, I'll have an OB trade where I guess, I mean, I've talked about OB and Duarte and and we could always talk about that more. Or if it doesn't go down and OB gets traded, I could still talk about what I was thinking because it might still be relevant down the line. But, you know, if it's a team like the Pacers, the Knicks could just trade OB into indiana's cap space and they could create a tpe that way too so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna do it i'm gonna say cam for Grayson allen ob to the pacers and then uh let's get nuts rj og I'm, i'm gonna live and die with it that's okay i'm cool with it even if it doesn't happen and if it does we'll we'll talk about it Thank you, Jessica. Kevin Dachewski. Hey, Jeremy. If a surprise star gets dealt at the deadline, however unlikely, who do you see it being? Where do you see them going, and why? Ooh, I like this. I like. I love talking about our Knicks. Always fun. Also fun to talk about general NBA stuff too. So let's think about this in terms of I'm I'm on tankathon right now. I swear I use it for the Mavs. It's a lot of fun to do that. Uh, even if you can't simulate. The lottery right now it's it's fine so uh let's go down the list right the rockets not there's no one uh star wise same with the pistons don't see the hornets doing anything that involves mellow the spurs i guess the closest would be Keldon johnson and I, I don't consider him a star I, I very good player don't see him moving right now anyway no reason for the magic to trade Paolo Banquero or Franz Wagner. We've talked about the Raptors for sure. again, it's like, I don't see Siakam doing it. Wizards. Uh, I know I talked about them earlier in terms of the pick. I don't think they're going to trade Porzingis, but like if they have salary, if they have luxury tax issues next year, which they could, if they don't see Porzingis as uh, helping them there, They could always flip him. I don't know if he's a star by this point, but he's been playing really, really well. Lakers are, they're not going to trade any of their players. Uh, You know what? I'll say screw it because I I don't think it's Dame. He's not going to go anywhere. And a lot of these other teams either can't trade their stars or wouldn't because they're competing. So um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say DeMar DeRozan. You know, I mean, I know that the, the Bulls are in such a weird spot. They might as well keep it all together, but. Kevin's asking if a surprise star gets dealt. I think DeRozan is a star. I just didn't think he was based on fit with Randall and RJ and all that. Here, he works in Chicago. The problem is that Chicago isn't working with him. So, uh, you know, with Levine, I don't think that they move him now. I like, does Vooch count because he's a former all star? I. I think actually, it actually makes more sense for the Bulls to trade Vooch, just given that DeRozan's under contract next year, Levine's under contract. If they want to basically say, let's do an adjacent move, they'll do Vooch. So, all right. Talking myself into it, I'll say Vooch, even though I don't think he's a, a star really anymore, but um, we'll do it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'll say... I mean, listen, the money does work. Uh, if you... If you do vooch, then you don't need vooch to go to LA. But okay, all right, take a step back for a second. Well, but no, he's not going to back up Zubat, So Forget about that, <sighs> Kevin. I love this because you got me on the spot. So you know, I'm I'm just going to trust my gut. I'm going to go back to it for the for the hypothetical fun exercise. Let's say DeRozan. Let's say it's DeRozan, and uh, got add a little salary there. Let's say it's DeRozan Crusoe for. Westbrook and, uh, and an unprotected first. And then I don't even know if the Lakers would even be willing to do a protected first at that point. Maybe they would. They probably, I don't know. Probably let's say, let's say yes. Let's say an unprotected first. That's, that's my fun little thing that I do on the spot. All right. So uh, I'll say that. However, unlikely I do think it's unlikely, but if it's the surprise star that we're talking about, I think that helps the Lakers a lot. Uh, I don't know if the Lakers would trade for Caruso though, because it would show that, Hey, we messed up. (laughs) Maybe we should have kept him. Maybe it would have just cost us luxury taxes. Uh, So we'll see, but uh, that's a fun question. And why it's because maybe the bulls just say, screw it. Let's increase our odds as much as we can for a top four finish. And we get to keep this pick, but uh, I still, I think they're, they're just stuck. And I think they'll, they'll stick. They'll, They'll stay in neutral for the rest of the year but thank you for the exercise that was fun Frank Sound hi Jeremy I think Obi to Charlotte makes sense entertainment for Jalen McDaniels I like it thoughts uh, so again have to think of McDaniels unrestricted free agent little first of all the salary doesn't work so you got to figure something out with other salary Are the next creating cap space 2024 versus 2023 blah 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 um, McDaniels is he going to play much I would imagine he is but again you have to you have to resign him and then there's some pressure on the Knicks to be able to do it I think that I certainly don't think they could I mean they'd have his rights they, they could go over the cap they could do all this stuff but uh, I know the other thing to think about is next year you know the Knicks are going to have at least one first round pick assuming they don't draft and stash. They don't trade one and draft stash the other. How does that impact the playing time of the player, the next draft? Jalen McDaniels is a good player, but does he fit with everything? Are you drafting a four? Does it force you to do that? Which the Knicks should not be in a position where they're drafting for need. They should be drafting for best player available. So uh, I think Jalen McDaniels makes a lot more sense for, Teams that are probably over the cap for a while, that are in contention, or that aren't free agent destinations. And I like that at least two of those knocks the Knicks out, arguably three. So uh, I like where your head's at, Frank. Really good player. Good target. Just uh, just don't think, like with Bogdanovich, as Dean talked about earlier, don't know if he is the right guy based on how everything's lining up. So, uh, but thank you. All right, what we got? Kenneth Benton again. I'm open to a Porzingis reunion. Oh man, oh man, Kenneth. All right, getting spicy. I like it. We're getting getting spicy here. But some fans say he wouldn't fit. What are your thoughts on a move to bring back uh, KP? Wouldn't do it. Uh, I, I, it's like if you're keeping Randall, which I assume you would, you're essentially having Porzingis at the five. So is he backing up Mitch? We know the Knicks have a heavy effect on players who take their shots closer to the rim. Porzingis obviously has a great shot. Um, so he would not be doing his bread and butter with the shooting, which uh, conveniently, if you put him on a Tom Thibodeau team, it kind of checks out in terms of putting a player like a center who maybe isn't doing what he should be. But I, we don't have to get into that. Uh, so okay uh not the offensive rebounder as well that, that Tiz would want not taking a ton of shots at the rim not hitting them probably at a high percentage but i need to check myself on that cuz i it's been a while since i've looked at kp's field goal percentage around the rim yeah i i i think number one the ship is sailed just generally but number two i don't think it's a fit there was a time where it was like all right randall and kp is like what 2018 like it makes sense that that that's cool you got kp's rim protection uh you can have him shooting out you can do five out offense randall probably is more he plays power forward a lot but he go to the the basket and in theory it probably wouldn't have worked out although it did work in new orleans randall was able to be that player around anthony davis so it's not that it couldn't have worked it could have but as they evolved as players i think it it wouldn't have worked. Doesn't even matter. That ship is sailed. Like I said, I wouldn't be open to the reunion. And, uh, I hope KP gets his money in Washington. I hope he stays there. And I hope that if the Knicks own that pick, they don't have it convey until the very last year. And it's the ninth pick overall. And, uh, we throw a party. So stay in Washington, KP, please. Uh, How's Flan, Detroit doesn't look like they want to re sign Sadiq Bey. What do you think about him as a backup wing? John and I talked about Sadiq Bey beforehand. Uh, he's basically a three and D wing without the three and without the D. Um, it's a problem, especially since he's going to need to get paid. Uh, just not one of my preferred targets. I think he could make, so- like, if you're a team like Dallas you might as well go after him because <laughs> you need something and maybe just maybe you can get him to to you know like the the ability that luca has could create more of an opportunity for him as defenders maybe sag off that player a little bit more and i i should mention that uh, cuz i don't think we talked about this uh i don't think john and i talked about this in the pod the one thought i have with grace allen that worries me just a little bit but not a ton grace allen gets a ton just oh, a bunch of great, wide open looks because he has Giannis Antetokounmpo on his team. The Knicks don't have that. So players aren't going to sag off of him quite as much. I wonder how that's going to impact his, uh, his percentages, wherever he goes, if he's traded, whether it's New York or another team. But uh, most teams also have more established stars. So uh, maybe if he goes somewhere else, it's the same thing where... He's able, someone else is able to command so much attention he can operate. But with Sadiq Bay, I just, he's, he's kind of like Patrick Williams to me in the, the vein of like, don't really want to think about how the Knicks could rehabilitate him. Really just looking for ways the Knicks could keep getting better as a team. And uh, maybe Bay does that, but there's not enough assurance there where I feel comfortable with them trying to get him from Detroit. So uh, yeah, a good option for another team that's in a different spot like a dallas type team but um preferably not here in my opinion all right well that'll do it thank you all so much for tuning in Uh, really appreciate it it's been a lot of fun love doing this as always um don't forget to like the video subscribe to the channel uh and follow kfs on social it's at nick film school school with a k uh as in yes s-k-o-o-l so go ahead and follow us there. Uh, one other thing that I feel like maybe should be mentioned, if you download our podcasts as well as opposed to just the live versions, and of course you do because we don't only do live content, you can find a way to automatically download your podcasts. This is something I was trying to show my parents as uh, they were like, why can't we get your podcast? And I say, well, you can. You can just download it automatically. So uh, I'm I'm sure many of you are familiar with that. Gotta love parents. So. You can find a way to do that. Spotify, it's super easy. I don't have the Apple Music. I would imagine it's really easy to do that as well. But uh, go ahead and do that because it's super helpful. As our reviews, five stars. Appreciate it all. And uh, we will do this again. We'll do this again soon. And yes, as Andrew puts on the screen, once again, want to plug our Capitals Everything Around Me shirt. I'm really happy with it. Hopefully you are too. And uh, we got some more stuff. A lot of fun stuff. Jam packed couple weeks coming up. So, thank you so much. Talk soon. Let's go next.